Welcome once again to another episode of the Random Access Podcast brought to you by RAPodcast.net. This is episode 431, recorded live on September 26, 2015. And here are your hosts, the man who I thought was having audio issues, Dave Pillay. Hey, hey. And the man who was actually having audio issues, Andy Lowe. Hi. I told you. I told you. It's like, oh, no, no, it can't be on my end. Well, it was on my end. <laughs> My audio is fine. My audio, I'm the one who is an audio. You didn't actually say that. You're the one with like an audio engineering background. Yeah, I didn't say. I just, I just assumed. Cause I was hearing it through my headphones that the return feed was messed up. Well, it turns out the return feed was messed up inside Skype, it seems, itself. As soon as I quit out of Skype, again. Hey, look, everything's working. Yeah. Are you still running Windows 7 on this machine? No, this is the Windows 10 machine. Okay. Aha. I may have identified a source of our solu- of our problem. <laughs> Windows 10. You're running Windows 10. I'll talk why about did it they next release, week. Why, why did they release the beta version of Windows 10? Hey, it works for most stuff, except for all my stuff at work. It works for everything except for work. Yes. Our VPN uh, doesn't play nice with Windows 10. Yeah, well, my laptop doesn't play nice with Windows 10. It's running way slower than it used to. But yeah, no, uh, that was my my bad on that audio problem. Okay, well, it's fixed now. I can actually hear you. You can hear me. Yes. And you don't hear what I'm assuming now was not, in fact, the background noise of my room, but was the feedback from the background noise of your room. Probably, actually, which, yeah, I don't hear that anymore. There is one thing in this room besides me that is actually making noise, and it's the computer's fan. My computer's fan is not a very loud fan. How many millimeters is it? Oh, it's many, many fans in the computer, oh. but they are dynamically power controlled, so they are all running at very low speed because the computer's oh, yes. not really doing anything. Also, the CPU has a radiator cooler, so, you know. I uh, I, I kind of love it when I have to reboot a server at work because the, the fans on the server are dyna- dynamically controlled. Mm-hmm. And, so, and so it just goes silent. Well, it goes silent and then it ramps all the way up to 100. And then goes back down. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, it's it sounds like a freaking jet engine is taking off with that thing because it starts low and then it just ramps all the way up. And it's, by the time it's at 100%, you're like, holy crap. It is, is loud. Is your server room at work still the corner of the basement? Yes. Okay. Well, not no. I want it to be the corner of the basement. Right now, it's in its own little tiny room. Ah. Which has no actual um, return it? feed. <laughs> so we keep on pumping cool air into there, and I've got that little portable AC unit to try and keep things, you know, below 80. Yep. But yeah, there's no return line in the room. You know, you're going to be really happy about that in about, like, two more months. Oh, I know. Yeah, like during during the, the winter. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. And people who have like offices on the other side of the wall must be like, oh my God, thank you. Uh, nobody's actually in the basement other than me. Oh, okay. Well, then just you. Which I, I found out when I tried to adjust the therm... Well, the problem is the break room's in the basement, though, because I tried to ther- change the thermostat in the room to try and keep the basement normally at 68. Yeah. Yeah, everybody who went downstairs for a break was like, man, why is it so cold down here? I don't know. <laughs> point to a, a giant stack of computers <laughs> and say, because those need to stay cold. I don't have to keep my computer at home cold. Your computer at home is not running an entire radio station. Well, hopefully by the end of the year, we'll get the new hardware in here so I can shut down the old servers. Because there's a couple of the old servers who are just serious heat outputs. I feel like if I shut down two of those, could actually probably keep the room under control. But no, if I actually t- put them in the corner of the basement, the corner of the basement's a nice big room yeah. that um, does not have insulation on the walls because they're two outside walls. So they're cement. Yep. And there's a uh, bigger air conditioning unit right there as well. Nice. That was used to formally cool down 
on the TV station that was down there. So you know it can handle just my one, two racks of computer equipment. Do TV antennas generate a lot of heat? TV stations, the old TV stations used to generate a whole lot of heat. The, um... Walker was telling me Walker's our RF guy, so he handles hmm? like FM or FM AM. He's the one who handles all of the actual like radio frequency stuff. Okay, like we're rebuilding a tower that fell down. He's the guy who's in charge of that one because that's all that's all the serious RF stuff. Okay, Um, he was telling me about a TV station that they had where they actually had four garage doors that they could uh open and close that were connected to the um to the ac unit there so if the ac unit was actually not working hard enough they could actually open these four one car garage doors and use that to just kind of just try and push as much of the heat out of the building as possible these would be like the old doors where they swing up yes not hold up yeah no they would swing up they, they were literally pushing the air along yeah yeah, no, they 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 would it's just they would get so hot in there they would have to just open the doors and let the uh, hot air just try and just waft out of there as much as possible. So yeah, TV stations used to run super hot. People realize like heat rises, right? Yeah. So if you put openings in the roof, you can let the heat escape. I don't know. Okay. I, <laughs> I'm just telling you what he said is that they had to put four garage doors into the building so that they could try and force air out and yeah. get enough air back in to keep it cool. Kind of sucks. Yep. But we're back, and Andy's audio's, uh, audio issues are fixed. Yes. Yay. Yay. It's always the classic, turn it off and turn it back on first. It's the, the second most uh, successful troubleshooting step. What's the most successful? The presence of the technician. Yes. <laughs> People... Come see this. It's acting weird. It's acting weird. There's something wrong with this. What is it? Oh, it's not doing it anymore. People joke about that, but that has happened to me. I can't even count oh, how many times it, now. That happens to me three to four times a week while I'm training. You're like, hey, can you come up here? And I'm like, sure. And I'll, I'll walk upstairs and I'll go over to the computer and be like, all right, what's wrong? And they're like, here, let me show you. Why Wait, is it's it not doing do- it anymore? <laughs> yeah, it's not doing it anymore. All right. Well, I'll be what downstairs you if you need me. What did you do? You fixed it. I walked over here. Wow. Wow, yeah. wow, wow. But yeah, turning it off, turning it back on. That's what I try and tell people. It's like, even before you talk to me. Just reboot it. Just reboot your computer. Save everything, reboot it. And then if it happens again, then call me. And I will focus on this one. Yeah, that's why whenever I, I talk to like tech support on the phone and like, have you tried rebooting it? I say, yes, I have. They say, can you try again? I say, yes, I will. Because I know for so many people that like they just don't do that. And they you need to do it. You just need to do it. That's the one thing I like about working in broadcast IT. It's such a niche field that when I call customer service, they know that it's a serious problem and that they know that I've done all the simple steps of turning it off, turning it back on. And like I tell them, like, oh, I did this, I did this, and I did this. They're like, okay, this is a serious problem here. Can I remote into your computer? Yes. Don't have to worry about all these stupid, oh, did you try this? Did you try that? No. Yes, I know. It's not plugged directly into the wall. I'm not that dumb. <laughs> hey, you know, I, I will admit, though, I have made that mistake, too. Of like, I've checked a ton of things. Did you check the cables? Fuck. <laughs> no. Let me go check the cables. It's like the time where we set up a, a, a wireless IP link, and we couldn't figure out how come it was failing. Because I'm like, well, it's supposed to be on the battery backup. And then I look at the power cord, and I'm like, it's plugged directly into the wall, and not the battery backup that is literally six inches away from it. Son of a bitch. Why does this keep on going out every time we have a power flux? Well, because it doesn't have a battery backup. <sighs> well, this is the weekend. I should stop talking about work. We could talk about football, since it is the weekend. Western Michigan is playing OSU. That's not going to go well for them. 
Yeah, I was... When you say OSU, you mean Ohio State University? Yes, I mean the number one ranked team in the country right, right now. Right, right. Oh, I'm sorry, I should, be, I should be accurate. The Ohio State University. I have friends at work who went there, and, and we joke about it. Michigan State is playing Central. Yeah. How are, are Ohio State and Michigan State the number one and two teams in the country? I don't know, but that is pretty funny. Michigan plays Brigham Young, good old BYU. Eastern's playing Army. A game they might actually win. You want to know, without looking, don't look, don't cheat. You know who Wisconsin is playing tonight? Wisconsin. I have no idea. Hawaii. Hawaii? In Wisconsin. Oh. They're playing at Camp Randall at 8 o'clock tonight. It's going to be a cold one. (laughs) Yeah, it's like 60 degrees here. Uh, Let's see, right now, according to the phone, yep, it is 59 degrees. What's the temperature in Hawaii? It is 81 degrees at 4 in the morning. What time is it going to be? All right, let's look at the graph. Tonight. They are five hours behind. Well, I'm saying tonight at 8 o'clock. Six hours. It's going to be 64 at game time. Yep. Dropping down to 60 by the time the game is over. Yep. They are going to be. It's not too bad. It's not like you're playing in Wisconsin in December. Right. Well, no one plays in December. Green Bay. But college. Oh, there are bowl games that happen in December. I guess, but do they happen at Wisconsin? No, I don't think so. I think no. uh, just the, I think the Ford Field Bowl, I don't remember what it's called this year, but I think that one is in December. But yeah, it's going to be an interesting day sports wise. Yeah. So should we actually hit topics? I suppose. What do we got? We got a lot of VR stuff, actually. Oh, well, there was just an Oculus um, event. Yes. I guess, for, for lack of a better word. Yeah, that is kind of where most of this new VR news came from. Yep. Uh, Samsung Gear VR. Yes. The new version. Is $100. Half the price of the previous version. Is this the, the trend? Is that where we're looking at, then, for consumer-level VR? $100? It. If if the Oculus Rift is a hundred dollars, I'm buying two. <laughs> like that's that's it. If it's a hundred bucks, that is not a lot of money. If it's two, well, the, the for the, for VR, let me let me step back. It's not a lot of money for VR. Well, the, the 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 this Gear VR headset though is the one where you plug your phone into it. Yes. So it's a hundred. No it's basically like a hundred dollar Google Card- cardboard that is Samsung device specific. There's got to be more in it than just the lenses. I think it's also got no because um it you have to you have to use any, earbuds so it doesn't have any speakers. Doesn't do any motion tracking. I don't. I think all the brains are in the phone. Ah, uh, okay. Well, man, if I had gone to this Oculus Connect, the organizers gave a Gear VR and game controller to each of the attendees. Go to a conference, get a free hundred dollar VR headset. Yeah, but how much did the the uh, conference cost? I don't know. Probably quickly Google that. If we went as press, would we still have gotten the goodies? Maybe. Maybe not. Oculus Connect, September 23rd through 25th. Attend. <laughs> oh, conference pass, $500. So more expensive. <laughs> If you could have verified yourself as a student from an accredited college or university, it would have been $100. So but free th- conference and you get the Gear VR. Yes, if you're a student. If yeah. not, 500 bucks. Okay. Uh, present a valid student ID and proof of enrollment in order to qualify for this pass. Submit documentation to verify your student status. All right. I, I sent fuck. you uh, an invite that I got to a conference for being press. Yes, I saw that. Except it's, what, in Anaheim? It's in Anaheim. Anaheim, California. The CrafterCon. I'm good. You sure? You want to go see like the newest developments in crochet needles? How am I getting to California? I don't know. Technically, we'd be able to write it off as business. 
true, but we still don't have the tax ID stuff set up yet. Uh, we should probably do that. Yes, yes, we should. Anyway. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I would have to A, take time off, which is a limiting factor for me. Yep. And B, I'd have to fly myself to California, which I do believe I have enough miles to pay for it, but... You'd have to get to California. Yes. Some, still, still have to get to California. To for a flight to California? Oh, because you use credit card? Yeah. Ah, I see. I have a credit card that gets me miles, and I do believe I have enough Very miles nice. to go anywhere and back in the U.S., I do believe. Well, that, that's good, because going one direction is not always very useful. No. So I'm glad that you can go there and back. Yes. So what's this about virtual Netflix? Uh, so also at this Oculus event, yes. they, they revealed their Netflix app for VR. And it will work on the future Oculus hardware. It also works on the Samsung Gear VR stuff. And we talked about it a little bit before, about how it would be like a virtual living room with a screen in it. So you're, you're sitting in your living room looking at a screen of a living room with a screen of what you're watching on Netflix. That is... I... Yes. Oh, because of the Gear VR's hardware limitation, you can't move your body, so leaning in to get a closer look at the screen is impossible, but you can look in all 360 degrees, which does you no good other than going, oh, look out the window. Somebody put us on top of Everest or something. <laughs> Even the screen hues are projected on the floor, furniture, and walls. I mean, it's it's the ultimate theater, right? Okay, if I'm going to wear a VR headset, I don't care about the virtual lamp you don't that care somebody about your put. Surroundings? I don't care. You put just want me. the you want the screen. You want see, but the thing is, if you've got nothing but the screen, it is going to be more likely to be totally immersed. And in some movies, that's going to be good. And in some movies, you want that that edge. You want that border between the movie and you. Think about how it feels when you go to the IMAX with the curved screen. Yes, where it's it's like a sphere around you. So the uh, Omnimax. Yeah. Do you want every movie in Omnimax? No. Are there definitely movies that you would prefer not to have Omnimax? Yes. Well, putting them on your VR headset is essentially putting them in Omnimax. Okay, so how about this? You can turn on and off this stupid virtual... Oh, I mean, you probably can. Hopefully you can. Otherwise, that's uh, it's dumb. Yep. It, the only... Uh, if you're going to watch something in quote-unquote VR, all I would want is literally close enough so that the screen takes up my field of vision. Well, not even my whole field of vision, because then if there's something on the corner of the screen, it would be distracting. But just take up a large portion of my field of vision. I want it to be a virtually massive TV screen. Screen. Okay. So here's a question for you. Yes. Mr. Uh, audio Visual Production. And yes. Mr. If VR starts really taking off, and I'm not convinced that it will yet, but if it does, are we going to see directors considering that when they are setting up their shots? Which is to say, will there be an impact on the trends of cinematography based on the viewing capabilities of the audience? They always... Um cinematographers and, and will it be better than the cheap hey they have 3d let's have something fly at the screen it depends on the artist some people are still going to want to do the, the cheap throw something at your face 3d effect sort of thing yeah but then other people are going to want to use the film as it is capable of doing i think of it like this christopher nolan uh filmed part of the Batman movies in IMAX, right? Right. J.J. Abrams did the same thing with the latest Star Trek movie. Right. They wanted it to 
fill the IMAX screen. So they composed their shot for the IMAX. But then they also realized some people were not going to be at an IMAX theater. So they also had to keep in mind, okay, other people are just going to see this on the standard aspect ratio of the movie theater. I forgot mm-hmm. what it is. It's like 1. 1. 1.7 to 1. Used to know all these ratios by heart. Just kind of scary. Um, So they also had to compose a shot. So the main source of information was also in the other aspect ratio. It's the same thing with television. For the longest time, people for HD didn't really get much for their HD purchase because a lot of the people were still filming for the square TV screen. Mm. Now that everybody's basically got a widescreen TV, um, you can tell people are composing their shots for the widescreen format and they don't care about the old square format, right. which I, f- I found that out because our TV is run through our TiVo and our TiVo is still the old Series 2, which is only standard definition. Mm-hmm. So it um, it's still the 4x3. So we, we lose now uh, some data from TV shows that are set up for widescreen format. Okay, so the the answer then to the question is yes, they will likely take advantage of it, but it's going to potentially still be gimmicky for some people. Others may do a fantastic job. And they will still have to keep in their mind a large majority of the people are still going to be in a regular movie theater yep. watching this. Granted, I if wonder you have a- how long, I wonder how much it would cost. So, so I want to run a movie theater. Yes. And I don't want to build a gigantic building with a huge screen. Okay. Could I just get a bunch of VR headsets? I don't see why not. Essentially, the movie theater would become uh, a sound system because that's the other part, right? It's, it's the two senses. It's your sight and your sound. And the sounds in movie theaters are really crisp. Yes. Well, in some movie theaters. Sometimes... Sorry, I'm, I'm used to the Dolby Atmos sound now. <laughs> and not the people who just crank up their sound system to 11. Right. Uh... <laughs> forgot that not every theater has the same sound system as mine. I used to, I actually did that a couple of times when I went to Kalamazoo 10, which I haven't been there in a while, so I don't know how it is. Yep. Um, but they were the ones that always had the cheap movie tickets. So every once in a while I would go see a movie by myself, and then I would come out of the studio and go to the manager and be like, somebody mess with the levels in Theater 6 because I don't think they're right. <laughs> Granted, also, most of those times are actually adjusted for a full theater. Mm-hmm. So if you're in there by yourself. Yep. There's a lot it's, less bodies in there to absorb the sound. The noise, yeah. So that's the other thing I always have to take into account is if I'm in the movie theater by myself, it's going to be loud. Yeah, but I wonder what sort of business model you could come up with using just VR headsets instead of getting a huge projector and the huge screen and having to maintain them. I don't know how I'd, I'd feel about going to a movie theater and putting on a headset that's been sitting on someone else's head. <laughs> It's like those glasses you get at the movie theater, but... Well, the glasses of, you throw out when you're done. No, they they uh, they normally try and either A, recycle them, or B, they... Um, well, they repackage them and then send them back out. Yeah, after they, they sanitize them. They sanitize them and repackage them. I can at least pretend that those have not been worn by other people before. I don't think it would, I don't, I don't think it would work with the, head, the VR headset. And you'd lose the social aspect of going to a movie, which is a weird thing, because most people, when they think about it, don't want a social aspect when they go to the movie. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's... The social aspect happens immediately before and immediately after the movie, and everyone gets upset when you talk during the movie. Which could be the same thing if you're wearing a headset. You just, you all are chatting in the lobby, and then you all go to the movie theater, you put your headsets on, you put your earbuds in. So why don't we just hang out and mumble and then put our headsets on? <laughs> like, where, where is the physical, we need to be in the same place coming from then? Yeah, that line starts to gray, doesn't it? Yeah. And then we all start getting into things of, like, Ready Player One and... Or, you know, maybe I don't want to watch the movie that you're watching. I'll go watch this other movie. <laughs> Half, halfway through the movie, you change channels. 
Man, did you see that part with the car? Yes. Yes, I loved that part, right? I mean, you're talking about Fast and the Furious, so that's like the whole movie, isn't it? God, I still need to watch the last one. No, no, you don't. Yes, yes, I do. I've seen all six of them. I feel like I should probably see the last one. I cut off nine of my toes. Why would I keep the last one? Oh, God, if you cut off your big toe, you can't walk. I'm not sure about that. Supposedly your center of balance is over your big toe on your foot. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. Have you ever walked on your heels? Yes. Okay, so yes, I could walk on my heels, but a normal walking gait does not work if you do not have your big toe. You'd have to change your gait. Yes. You wouldn't be able to do heel to toe. It's it's hard to learn to walk again. Also, put on shoes. <laughs> True. You can kind of wrap the shoe around the Right. Okay. So, other news is other news. uh from this event. Yeah. Nvidia is uh <clears throat> announcing the GeForce GTX 980 and GeForce GTX 980. Okay. Um and uh it's got a notebook that's got this massive card installed in it. Isn't that what I have in my computer? In your laptop? No, in my desktop. Oh, maybe. I'm pretty sure I have a GTX 980, but I will have to look. Well, they've made a laptop version. Okay. So you can do virtual reality on a laptop. Okay. Because normally you get you have to have like you know the the tether and the big desktop right to run this the, to run the Oculus Rift stuff. Well now Nvidia's got a laptop that can run Oculus Rift. Um, yep, Nvidia GeForce GTX 980. So it's in my desktop right now. Oh, well now you can get that in a laptop format. Cool. I'm not getting one. <laughs> I need it. I have it in my desktop. That's the whole point. I'm not going to be moving my laptop around, or my, my Oculus around. I'm just going to do it right here. Well, now you could actually... All right. How about this? You have Oculus Rift. Normally, you have the you have the tether, right? So you gotta like tether your Oculus Rift back to something. Yeah. You mean like what I have to do with my headset? Yeah. And my keyboard? Yes. And my mouse? Yes. Okay. So you tether that to the laptop that's in a backpack on your back. Um. Okay. We'll assume there's also ventilation for the. Well, yes, I know. Yes, you gotta deal with the ventilation. Not (laughs) this. This graphics card is not cool. (laughs) No, it's probably not. 2048 core GM240 GDDR5 memory USB 3.0 ports and direct HDMI out for the actual Oculus Rift Jeez. Yeah. Was that the just the graphics card or was that also some of the laptop? That's some of the laptop stuff as well. But this if you can actually portableize port portableize? <laughs> portableize? I it's I don't think it's a word, but it's miniaturize. But you're not making the thing much smaller. You're just making but, it. But that's the expression when you when you miniaturize something, you're making it portable. Okay, that's what miniaturization was. Was making things portable. I was thinking that just making things portable is making things portable. Miniaturizing things is just making it smaller. Okay, so you're you're making it portable. Yes, you're making it portable. Portableizing it. Sure, let's go with it. <laughs> You can portableize it, which I think now is going to be the name of the episode. <laughs> Portableized. Um, get some outside cameras to map the headset in a 3D space, and you've got your... You don't even need to have a... You can have a wireless connection with those. So, you mean Microsoft's new thing? Yeah. Just mini portableize? Portableize. This could actually make it a lot more useful to people. Yes. Sort of. Not really. Well, you just disconnect yourself. It, the less tethering you can have to something that's not you... someone disconnect themselves from reality. Were you about to say that? Andy? Maybe. <laughs> now that you bring that up that way, that just sounds horrible. Yeah! <laughs> I, I would like to direct you back to Star Trek The Next Generation. 
I would like to direct you to Lieutenant Barkley and his neurotic condition. Do you happen to remember who Lieutenant Barkley is? Yes, I remember. I remember Barkley. Do you remember what his condition was? He didn't like going through the transporter, I thought. Well, that, that was a condition. That is oh. also true. Uh, but that was all that, that was just one. He, he had a few neuroses. Uh, he had an addiction to the holodeck. I don't think he had an addiction to the holodeck. He preferred the holodeck. It, it was explored more. No, it was explored. It started in Next Generation. It was brought back and explored a little more in Voyager. Oh, well, I didn't see broccoli in Voyager at all. Don't do that. Broccoli? Yeah, don't don't do that. Barkley. I know, but it was hilarious when even the captain got in on that one accidentally. Barkley. But yeah, no, I've never actually seen Voyager. Really? Yeah, no. What? I We are almost through the original series. Okay. We have seen all of Next Generation. Next Generation. I have seen three episodes of DS9. And you don't want to see any more. Nope. Because you're lame. DS9 was good. But you specifically said, it, it's bad at the beginning, but it gets better. So like, yeah, here, just... Yeah, but would you prefer that, or would you prefer it's really amazing at the beginning and then gets bad, like Heroes? Oh, God, I gotta watch the reboot, don't I? No, no, you don't have to watch the reboot, Andy. No one is forcing you to watch it. No I, one is saying you're a bad person for not watching it. I know, but... No I, one, you you have my permission to not watch it. Oh, but I have to see it with my own eyes to see if it's bad. Okay, set yourself up for, for disappointment. Well, I, I know. If I go in assuming disappointment, I'm not going to be go surprised. For, no, I'm saying, like, you'll you'll see it, and it'll probably be pretty good, which is setting yourself up for disappointment later. <laughs> Just like the original Heroes. Right. So you have not watched Deep Space Nine, nor do you plan on watching Deep Space Nine, and that's no. your prerogative. You can, you can choose to ignore that. It's fine. What about Voyager? Yeah, no, I haven't seen any of Voyager either. Okay, but are you planning on seeing Voyager? No. Okay. Uh, any other VR? Um... Now that I've gracefully guided us away from Andy's suggestion that people disconnect themselves from the world. I'm just saying it's making it easier. It's more possible to do that. So you're not explicitly encouraging people to do that. So speaking of portableness, phones. Yeah. Uh, first off, the U.S. is now 55th in the world in LTE speeds. 55th? 55th. Out of how many countries? 57? I'm not sure. Who did we beat? North Korea? Well, there are countries like Hungary, the Dominican Republic, and Morocco that beat the U.S. in average LTE speed. Let's see. Uh, New Zealand was actually number one with 36 megabits per second. Wow. Uh, Korea is now at 29 megabits per second, and Singapore is at 33 megabits per second. The U.S. used to be, was it 43rd, and now we have dropped. Yet, okay, so speeds are getting faster. We are. However, uh, to, to point something out, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, tenth in coverage. Yes. So we are we are very high in coverage for being a country as massive as we are. Right. Like that's, that's a lot. Yeah. What's what's Russia's coverage? Well, it's going to be population, right? I'm just looking at uh, okay, because there's there's basically only two countries that are as large as we are, right? By land mass. By yes. I, like, what do you mean as big? By, as we by land mass. I mean China's roughly the size of the U.S., isn't it? <laughs> countries by size. Let's see countries by area. Russia is first, Canada is second, China is third, United States is fourth. Yeah, China is about our same size, so is Canada. Brazil is slightly smaller. 
So where is China, Brazil, and Canada on the list? Australia, China's Australia's within a, a, an appreciable amount. China's higher than us. Australia's higher than us. Russia is way down there at the bottom. Australia is lower than us. Oh, no, wait, sorry. China is lower than us in coverage. All right. Global yes. LTE speed comparison. The United States scored, where are we? Uh, just above. Oh, I just lost it. No, come back. Where did it go? Down Indonesia. In Indonesia. Georgia, Qatar, South Africa, the Philippines, Ecuador, Thailand, Kuwait, Bolivia, Saudi Arabia, Pakistan, Costa Rica, and Iran. There are 14 people below us. 55th out of 69. USA! USA! You all. (laughs) Top of the list, New Zealand, Singapore, Romania, South Korea, Denmark, Hungary. Fun fact, New Zealand only started LTE coverage two years ago. Yeah, but they need, like, a tower. Yeah, no, that's that's why I'm trying to find countries of similar size to us and see where they are on the list. Because, yeah, countries like South Korea and New Zealand, they're not big. Plus the population. Someone made a really interesting comparison at work the other day, which was Singapore, which is it's it's really an island. It's basically a city state. Yes. Uh, It is the population of Wisconsin condensed into an area the size of Madison. Oh, geez. That's Singapore. It is roughly the population of Wisconsin. It is roughly the landmass of Madison. That's a bit nuts. Yeah. But again, like that would explain why they're number two on the list. They're an entire country covering an area the size of Madison. So the, yeah, it's easy to get, well, I don't know, actually with LTE, the more people you have in a space, actually the harder it's going to be because you're going to have a lot of the radios tripping over each other. I guess. You have to do a lot of planning to try and make sure that towers next to each other are not on adjacent or harmonic frequencies. That was actually part of the problem that we had with some of our wireless radios is they had, har- they had a harmonic frequency in the radio. Um, Prime numbers, my friend. Prime numbers are your friend. Yeah. Yeah, our wireless uh, radios were spinning off a frequency that was a harmonic of, uh, yeah, it was Verizon's um, LTE spectrum. And so they were getting interference caused by our stuff on the same tower, our bad. Yeah, a little bit. But if you just use thing, if you just use prime numbers, you're all set, right? There's only a limited amount of spectrum available, you know. Nah. <laughs> it's not like we can keep on, we could, te- well, technically you can keep on going up on higher and higher frequencies. But at a point, it's... The uh, FCC just kind of cracks down on you at some point. Well, also, the physics of the actual radio waves are not helpful for anyone. I guess at some point, if you bump the frequency too high, now you're actually just shooting light, like visible light. Oh, no, there's visible light in the middle of the electromagnetic spectrum. Radio is longer, right? Well, we're doing quote-unquote radio because you also have microwave, you have lower frequencies, you have higher frequencies. There's a lot more to the electromagnetic spectrum. I'm just thinking of radio signals, like radio towers, like FM and AM. Those are radio. Yes. They are not blasting microwave through the the atmosphere. No, but our microwave links are blasting microwave through the atmosphere. True. Also, cell phones operate on where in that spectrum? Uh, Depends on the carrier. Normally, there are around the 700 meg well 700 is actually the prime stuff there but it depends on yeah it depends on the carrier okay but that's are they typically above or below visible light visible light is i would expect they're below the same as radio because of the same properties that make radio so good yeah microwave and radio waves are in the gigahertz range spectrum uh visible light is in the terahertz range yeah because terahertz and then it's uh infrared right above that no sorry ultraviolet above it infrared's right below it infrared's closer to radio yes 
Oh, man. Oh, this is not the conversation I wanted to have at this early on a Saturday morning. Oh, come on. It's 11 o'clock. You should be awake. You normally wake up way before this. I do normally wake up way before this. If Yeah, see, 11 o'clock, I've already been back from my run normally. Right. Don't give me this, oh, it's so early. It's so early. It was early at 8 o'clock in the morning when I got on to do topics. Mm -hmm. It is no longer early. You do not have that as an excuse. Speaking of excuses, yes. uh, Nickelodeon. Okay, what about them? They are making a huge nostalgia grab. Really? Yeah. So when you think of Nickelodeon, Andy, when I think of Nickelodeon, I think of like um, Brandon Stimpy, Legends of the Hidden Temple. Yep. Are You Afraid of the Dark? Closer explains it all. Yep, yep. Salute Your Shorts. Yep. Um, Wild and Crazy Kids, uh, Double Dare. Good classic shows, right? Yes. Except they're only good because they're the ones that we grew up with. Yes. Uh, Nickelodeon is bringing them back. Really? And not in the, like, we're going to recreate these heroes style and and continue them. They are literally just going to rebroadcast them. Oh, well, that's good. They're taking all their shows from the 90s and they've, they've set up a new section on their on the network called Splat and it's going to be all of the classic quote unquote 90s TV shows from Nickelodeon. Almost every single one that you just named is part of that. <laughs> you missed uh Doug and the Rugrats? Oh, Doug. Now I've got the Doug theme going through my head. Do, 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 which is a lot like the Seinfeld theme actually. So Nickelodeon's Splat will be coming back. It'll be coming onto the show, onto the channel, rather, starting on October 5th. That's actually on the Teen Nick channel, not the actual Nickelodeon channel. Okay, well, fine then. Uh, But, I mean, really, why, what is, this is a nostalgia grab, right? This is like, hey, the kids who watched our stuff in the 90s are now in their late 20s and 30s. Which is in that prime spending, 18 to 34, male 18 to 34 is the prime demographic that have kids yeah they have kids and they have money you can sell money you can sell that to advertisers that's that's a given an 18 to 34 demographic that's that's what advertisers want right did you see by the way when um on jimmy fallon's show the good burger reunion i watched it for about two minutes until jimmy fallon started to talk and then i had to turn it off because i don't like it skip ahead so you did not actually see keenan and kel no acting no not yet uh skip ahead to it because it's worth it okay it just it's there they it is 20 years later and they haven't actually lost that (laughs) oh man i remember all that all that was good. Roundhouse. Do you remember Roundhouse? I do not remember Roundhouse. Roundhouse was the the thing that preceded all that. It's really kind of interesting, though, taking a look at all that and seeing that it was the it, it was the, the launch pad, right? Mm-hmm. You went to all that. You did time on there. Then you went to Second City, paid your dues, and then you went to Saturday Night Live. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> That's... We were discussing that. Um, Second City was actually doing a tour in Kalamazoo yesterday, and we were discussing that at work. It was like, Second City, it's like, so we should just write down everybody's name who showed up in Second City this year. Wait about five years and see where all these people are. Most of them will have gone on to Saturday Night Live. Or some other sort of comedy thing there, like stand-up and that sort of stuff. Or maybe they're doing writers for shows like... Colbert. Colbert, yeah. Or I guess not the rapport anymore, but the, the night show. Late show. Late show. With and Stephen things Colbert. Straight. Yeah, no, Second City is, is absolutely a, a like breeding ground for comedians. And all that was where the kids who wanted to go to Second City would go. Yeah. Crazy.
But they're doing this. There's also going to be like online shows. Well, of course. Not yeah, sure yeah. how that'll. Nostalgia is king right now. Yeah. We take something that was may or may not have been popular and reformat it. And because you think about it, like tours right now, big tours right now are all nostalgia stuff. They're new kids on the block, Madonna, all these big names from 80s and 90s. You have remakes and reboots of 80s and 90s TV shows and movies. So it's, I mean, it, it's um, Ready Player One all over. Yeah, it's people want to see their childhood again, it seems. Yeah. Side note, there's a new trailer for Jessica Jones out now. Okay. I just see that on the sidebar of your article. So I'll have to look at that uh, one later. I should probably watch it. Um, quick question. Yes. Who owns Weird Al's contract? Was that Universal? Who? Oh, God. Who owns that contract? That's an... Excellent question. Oh, RCA used to own it. So it was Universal, right? Isn't I that think. who RCA is? Maybe. God, you're supposed to. I'm supposed to know all these <laughs> corporate structures. You're supposed to know these things, Andy. Yes, I'm counting on you to know these. RCA Records, uh, Sony Music Entertainment. Oh, even better. Okay, I was wrong. It would have been even more funny if it was Universal, because on his on a Weird Al's mandatory world tour. There's a picture of the Earth behind it. It looks kind of like the Universal logo. I wonder how well is he is sold out in Denmark and the Netherlands. <laughs> how does that translate? Like I don't understand. I love how he called it mandatory fun because that was the last required album that he was required to make under contract. Yeah, although I, I think technically he wasn't required to make it. It's if he were to do another album, then they would have required. It would have had to have gone through them. Yes. Yeah. Now he's now he's done with the RCA contract. Yep. Now he can do whatever he wants. True. So, what was the point of Weird Al? Uh, no, that I was just on his page for a second. Oh. <laughs> so, other music news. Yeah. We talked about Happy Birthday. Yeah. Well, the judge ruled that the copyright filed by the company that Warner Music bought back in, well, Warner, the company that originally filed the copyright in 1935 granted only the rights to that specific arrangement of the music, not the actual song itself. So Warner Brothers has been collecting millions of dollars of royalties on something that it did not actually own the copyright to. That's a little sketchy. Yeah, so Happy Birthday is now public domain. So <laughs> if I wanted to, I I could actually take Happy Birthday. I'm not going to do it because it's... You could take the Liberty Bell March off of our our intro. Yes. And do Happy Birthday. Yes. I'm not going to do it, though, because it's <laughs> it's a weird song if it's not, you know, somebody's birthday. Wow. Uh, now, that said, the entire song is not public domain. There are certain arrangements of it that are still copywritten. Yes, because there's three levels of copyright for music. music. Right. So... so you, if you want to hum it, that's fine. If you want to sing it, that's fine. Yes, but if I take the New York Symphony playing Happy Birthday to you and try to play that recording as is, that's copyright infringement. Well, I mean, if you play the recording off of a personal copy that you have of it. Or I'm, just, still, I'm still replaying it as a public performance of a copyrighted piece of work. No, 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 no. We, no, the actual, uh, the actual sound recording is copyrighted, yes? Right, but, but the, the phrase I'm having difficulty with there is public performance. If I play that copy on the podcast on the podcast yes but i said that like if you were to go over somewhere and play actually you said if you were to go over somewhere and play it like if you were to go to someone's house and play oh well no yeah if it, i was saying performance right? i meant uh, on the podcast playing it on the podcast yes, that's a that perf- would be copywritten and we'd be in violation and yes send a dmca takedown notice if they ever found out 
Yes. I don't think they'd find out. But we're not going to do it anyway. No. It's not worth it. I no. like the Liberty Bell March. Yes, as do I. I think it's fitting. I think it, it harkens back to a lot of our own comedy and where we get our inspirations from. For something completely different. Like the fact that Michigan is suing HP. Now, uh, is that suing HP or suing Hewlett-Packard? Suing Hewlett-Packard. Because they split, right? Or are they still splitting? I think they're still splitting. They wanted to split. Yes, but the the whole HP thing. I don't know. Let's see what their current status is. HP. Let's look at... I believe it had been approved. Hewlett-Packard. Spinoff. 1999. Merged with Compaq in 2002. Uh, Expected to close by October 2015. So they are still... That is next month. Yes. That is five days. They are in the process, but they have not, it looks like, completed it yet. Sure. So the state of Michigan is suing HP because uh, Michigan has spent over $49 million on a project that HP has not completed over the past 10 years. What is the project? Contract from 2005 states uh, HP was to replace a mainframe-based system built in the 1960s that runs the Michigan Secretary of State offices. Huh. Yeah, that would be kind of nice for them to get rid of. They they were given a five-year deadline to deliver a replacement, but did not. So the Michigan Department of Technology, Management and Budget, and the Secretary of State's offices are still using 1960s mainframe system for vehicle registration. That's why it takes so long to get anything done. Yep. So they're suing HP saying what failure to fulfill contract basically uh, michigan they has issued a HP termination pay them back uh, <laughs> oh this is hilarious. okay so i'm just reading the article here following months of negotiations michigan issued a termination for cause letter on august 28th though the contract requires that hp must continue to provide support for up to 270 days after termination the technology giant's staff has not reported to work since August 31st. Michigan has paid so far HP a total of roughly $33 million, and they're suing HP for $11 million in damages, along with attorney's fees and the funds needed to rebid and re-procure the contract. Okay, uh, we'll see how that goes for them. <laughs> why did it take so long? The contract said... Why, hey, gotta- why is it taken five years for them to say, you know, you guys kind of screwed us up on this one? Yeah, no, five years? Five years before you actually decided to terminate the contract. Yep. I know, I know there's problems with bureaucracy, but damn. Yep. It's like the, there was, um, what was it? The city of Detroit was like leasing some, like a Pontiac, some regular, regular Pontiac car, but they were leasing it for like 16 years and they've paid, I think, four times the value of the car on this lease. It's one of those things where it's like, really, why are we still paying on this car? We should have basically owned it by this point. Yep. Oh, goodness. So I'm never, ever going to get AVG now for my antivirus. Because uh, they're selling your info. Yes. The new privacy policy says, and in a blog post, openly saying that it collects user details and sells them to online advertisers. Yeah. I used to recommend AVG to everyone. It was the best choice. No, it was good. I'm not sure about this anymore, though. Oh, you know what they yes, say. Yes, I understand. Free. free free software still costs money. Well, but not even that. It's the saying, if it's free, you're the product. Yes. It applies to antivirus now, it seems. Well, uh, what I what I originally thought was the fact that AVG also does, you know, business level antivirus and stuff that you actually have to pay for. Yeah. So my thought was, okay, the stuff that they're paying for is the nope, 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 is nope. what is how they're funding the free software. That's that's what I thought it would be. Okay, you get everybody in the door with the free software. And then when it comes to a business situation, they go, "Oh, well, I've been using AVG. Let's use it for the business and then actually pay for it." 
But no, they're actually getting money for the business side of things and then also getting money from advertisers from, from selling, selling your data. Yep. Yeah, I'm not doing AVG anymore. Nope. That said, I haven't used AVG in years anyway. Yeah, neither have I. I just use Windows Defender at this point. But you're on 7, so you mean security essentials? Yeah, same thing. Okay, yeah, because the new... It used to be called Defender, and then they put security essentials out there, and now there's the actual Defender in Windows uh, 8 and 10. Uh, yeah, yes. security essentials, that thing. Yes. Uh, actually, we're going to start installing I, Kaspersky now in our I interrupted work. to just say one thing. Yes. The dog just put his head on my foot. Okay. He just laid down and put his head on my foot. Like a pillow. Using my foot as a pillow. I can now no longer do anything or think rational thoughts because there is a puppy's head on my pillow, on my foot. See? On my pillow. On my foot. <laughs> so Facebook is doing a dislike button? It's not really. It's a weird terminology. It's not a dislike. It's not a, I, I you know, oh, you suck. It's not a thumbs down, despite the icon on the article. It's because it's weird when I post an article about refugees in Syria and people like it. <laughs> There's There needs to be some other positive enforcement saying like, yes, I agree with this, but wow, that's tragic. Yes. No, you, nobody wants to like an article saying that a family member is in the hospital. Right. Nobody wants to say, hey, Somebody posts, hey, grandma's in the hospital, and nobody nobody wants to like that. No, like that. No, you don't like that. That's just, just. But there needs to be something else of like, I understand this. I, I give you my support and my sympathy. Yes. You know, you could just write in the comments, hey, thinking about you, hope everything goes well. Yeah. You could do that. Yeah. But I guess we, we're, we're too busy to actually type a comment. And so they want to put a, hey, thinking of you, dislike button. Yeah. So that's out there. Um, NASA's going to announce something. They know what? Uh, they know what, but they are not going to tell us. They just have something. Yes. NASA this, will detail. Right, this right. is what they. NASA's, this is, NASA's actually like, hey guys, we got something to share, but we're not going to share it right now. We'll tell you in a little bit. Yes. NASA is doing that. NASA said that they will detail a major science finding from the agency's ongoing exploration of Mars during a news briefing at 11:30 a.m. on Monday. So we had the rover, and it was out there taking pictures, and all of a sudden, one dude just kind of walked up to it. <laughs> he held up a sign that said, "Yo." Damn it, Mark, what are you doing? So we said yo back. Thought you might want to hear about it. They're going to do an announcement on Mars the same week that The Martian comes out in movie theaters. To clarify, when you say they're doing an announcement on Mars, they are not announcing something on Mars. No, they're doing an announcement about Mars. Here. (laughs) Yeah. About Mars. So the uh, people that are going to be there. Yeah. Are Jim Green, the director of planetary science at NASA. Michael Meyer, lead scientist for the Mars Exploration Program at NASA. Uh, Luhendra Oha of the... I am apologizing in advance for that name. Yeah, that was slaughtering it. Yeah. Probably Lugendra. Lugendra? The Georgia Institute of Technology. Mary Beth. Somebody is calling me. I don't know. Mary Beth Wilhelm of NASA's Ames Research Center uh, and Alfred McEwen, the investigator of the high-resolution imaging science experiment, the HiRISE. So there's none of the rover guys there. Oh, Mars Exploration Program. Well, yes, but the the principal investigator that they have is not part of any of the rover programs. It's part of the HiRISE programs, which means that the high-rise does the overall picture of Mars. Found a city. So it's going to be interesting to see what they say. What's the last time NASA did a major announcement like this? <sighs> Probably during the Curiosity rover. 
Yeah? I think that was the last major Mars announcement out of NASA was with Curiosity. What was the major announcement that Curiosity found? Oh, that there was uh, organic material available and there was possibly life on Mars doing their drilling stuff. Yeah, it never really panned out, did it? Well, Curiosity's slowly doing its climb up the mountain, so... See how that goes. Yep. But yeah, it's a it's a mystery of what they're announcing, and we'll find out on Monday. Okay, so you will find out here on this show next week. Yes. Or you can just listen to, to NASA. Yes. Or Monday. if it's life on Mars, you'll probably hear about it first before you get to our episode. Because, <laughs> yeah, everybody else will probably also post what happened. Yeah. Uh, Code Academy added a sequel course. Oh, good. So the, now that brings it up to Code Academy, Code School. I think Khan Academy has one. Essentially, there's like 10 different places online you can go to learn sequel now. Which I should really learn sequel. <laughs> Huh. If I, only you knew someone who literally wrote a class on SQL. I just got to learn SQL. That's what I just got to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything else? AT&T suing their workers? Yes, because the workers uh, allegedly put software on the company computers to help people unlock their phones without permission. Okay. Because you, you can unlock your phone with permission once you're done with your contract. Yeah. If you're not done with your contract, then you can't unlock your phone, except these guys put software on there to uh, let you unlock it. Okay. And AT&T's not happy with that. I bet they are not. Like, no, they, they have to stay with us. Sure. Um, That's about it, right? IBM Watson did something. What did Watson do uh watson's uh now uh analyzing um, images images new services include visual insights which analyzes images and videos posted to services like twitter facebook and instagram then looks for patterns and trends in what people have been posting so it can figure out hey a lot of people are posting vacation photos so you should start you know it's it takes just it, it starts basically categorizing the data and being okay. able to put it into a database of some kind all right quirky is going bankrupt what's quirky a, a little home automation company uh they are the ones who made the ever so successful and useful product as the smart egg holder oh jeez and you wonder why they're going bankrupt oh of right. all the things that I want in my house to be smart, the thing in my fridge in which I put the eggs does not need to be one of them. Now, the fridge itself, that could be smart. But the egg holder, no. No. Right, so... Um, random review. Random review. My turn. Yes. Go listen to last week's episode. Dave? Yeah? I'm, I'm sorry to say, but I was not paying that much attention when you were trying to review Shovel Knight. Damn it. All right, so Shovel Knight. We will we will review Shovel Knight, and unlike a certain co-host on the show, I will review the core with its expansion so that we don't have to do two reviews. Hey, sometimes the expansion doesn't come out until later. Uh, the expansion didn't come out until later. I just put off the review until there was an expansion. Oh, okay. Shovel Knight yes. is a platformer. It is a, a retro-style action-adventure platformer game. You play as, in the core game, you play as Shovel Knight. A knight of chivalry. Knight of chivalry. There are so many puns in this game, it is ridiculous. So you and your your former love, who was named Shield Knight, and you can guess what her primary purpose was. Uh, she she you guys were adventurers, and she was exploring this tower with you, and you may have unleashed this ultimate evil, and you got out, and she didn't, and so you retired from adventuring and took up a life of farming. But darkness has crept back into the land, and you must now go and defeat this evil enchantress, and so you go back to adventuring. So kind of a classic NES t- type storyline, right? Like here's an excuse to go kill monsters. Yes. Uh, and that's what it it is. It. Pl- 
plays like Mario crossed with Mega Man crossed with Castlevania crossed with DuckTales. That's what I'm, lo- I'm looking at it here going, okay, this sort of looks like DuckTales, but then I also see things of it's like Mario. You bounce on things on your shovel, right? That's DuckTales. Instead yeah. of a pogo stick or a staff or whatever he has, you have a shovel. Uh, you hit things with the shovel. You bounce on the shovel. You dig because you have a shovel. You go through eight different themed levels for the Knights of No Quarter, which includes King Knight. It includes uh, Tinker Knight. It includes Plague Knight, uh, Mole Knight. Yep. Treasure Knight, Spectre Knight, Propeller Knight. Yep. And so you just go through their levels. They are themed levels against the knight's theme. And then you place, you you fight the boss each time. In each level, there's special power-ups that are unique to that level that you then carry forward to help you with the other levels. It's just, it's a really well-designed game. It's based around this very simple mechanic of you kill enemies and you jump. You have two, it, you, you could play it on an old NES controller. I see. You have two buttons. You have attack and jump. No. You move in four directions and you have select and start. Well, that's nice. You actually could play it on an old NES controller, not the actual hardware. Uh, the the art style is 8-bit. The music is all chiptune. It's actually really, really, really good music by Jake Kaufman, Vert. And so it was just this fantastic game. The only thing was, it was expensive. It was produced for PC as well as Xbox, as well as PlayStation, as well as the Wii, and it was not cheap. I got it during one of the Steam sales for like 10 bucks. Oh, jeez. It's a $20 game. I think it's still $20. Let's see if I go and find... Oh, it's $15. Sorry. So it's cheaper now. It's $15. But they released this month an expansion. Oh. Now that is a year later. This game came out in June of 2014. And they just released a, a DLC package, an expansion called Plague of Shadows. Now keep in mind, in Shovel Knight, every level was designed with the mechanic of the shovel. You hit things with the shovel, you can jump, and you can bounce on things with the shovel. That's how the levels were designed. Plague of Shadows, you play as not Shovel Knight, but Plague Knight. And so it's a completely different take because Plague Knight does not have a shovel. Plague Knight throws bombs. Oh. He's an alchemist. So you no longer bounce on things. You no longer have that ability. But somehow they made it work. You play through the same levels. You play through the same game with a completely different mechanic. So now all your attacks are ranged attacks instead of this melee experience. And you get a explosion jump that you can do while you're in midair. And so you no longer have to bounce on things, but now you have to time your jumps way tighter. And it's free. Oh, that's always a plus. Which is to say it's a free expansion. Yeah. You still buy the base game. But it, it's incredible. Like, they, they redid little pieces here and there to add more content, but it's the same levels with a different mechanic. At this point, with the expansion, it's worth the $15. Okay. See, that's much better than I actually paid attention this time. Yeah, it's a really, 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 really fun game. Uh, it is, if you if you play it on hard, it is it, hard. It is hard? Okay. They went for classic Nintendo feel. So it's Nintendo hard. Nintendo hard. Okay. The, the base game, if you play it on normal, is not Nintendo hard. It's just when you play it on hard, it is hard. Okay. It's pretty hard. You will die. I, I almost guarantee you that. There's an achievement for doing it without dying. Good luck. <laughs> Good luck. Have fun. Yep. Okay. Shovel Knight. Yep. It's awesome. So, random random topic. topic. Random topic. Rolled ahead of time. Yeah. 
Now, I swear this was entirely random, but I uh, have the random topic of what about Grand Con excites you the most? And no joke, Grand Con is going on right now as we record. Like this very minute? Like it is currently going on right now up in Grand Rapids. Okay. So what has you most excited about Grand Con? I'm not sure. Because um, we're not there. Yeah. And I had not heard of it before this. So what gets me excited? The fact that there is a large gaming convention in Grand Rapids. That gets me pretty excited. Well, I'm trying to get the program guide, but I can't. All it does is go back to the homepage. This website is... Uh, also not very exciting. Yeah. Yes, it is a tabletop gaming convention in... Grand Rapids. Grand Rapids. That's a really stupid design choice when you click on the header of the page and it takes you to the entry page instead of to the main page. Why, why do they even have an entry page? I don't know, because someone doesn't know how to write a redirect. So, yeah, there. The classic, it looks like there's an expo hall. Yep. It looks like there's... There's a, there's a vendor area. Vendor area. It looks like there is... They teamed uh, up with Extra Life. That's cool. Yeah, there's not like a lot of, here's what you can expect here. No, no, there's not. Let's see. Yeah, the gaming events, so you can actually play gaming. The two, two, there's a 2,000 plus board game library to play. Cool. Uh, RPG events, charity and tournament events, dealer hall, workshops and seminars. I just found it was hilarious that literally the weekend that it's going on is the weekend that I randomly roll. Is, is that what makes you the most excited, Andy? <laughs> That we managed to hit the random topic during the convention. Partially. Well, we, we can try to sort of expand this topic a bit to when you go to a convention, what do you enjoy the most about conventions? Like, Here, I thought I was the one who looked for loopholes. Well, it's like I said, it's, we we don't know what's going on there right now because their website is, is bad. Oh, what's, what's the convention in Madison? Is it GeekCon? Yes. There's a GeekCon in Madison that I totally missed a month ago. Oops. Uh, when's the steampunk one? TeslaCon is November 20th and 21st. That is in the future. Yes. TeslaCon is $65 per ticket, and it is a steampunk convention. I don't know what the advantage of a steampunk convention is. I don't know either. I don't, I don't know what the advantage of this is or why I go to this. Yeah, I got nothing. Uh, what, do, what do I do when I go to, to cons? I hang out and see people that I don't normally see. Andy dresses up as Waldo. That's only for PAX. What other cons have you gone to? I don't know, because you always have the... Well, I go to conferences, but that's... Conferences and conventions are two different things. Most of the time, yes. Now, part of it is to hang out with people you don't normally get to hang out with. I've always been a fan of the the workshops and the um, panels. Panels are pretty fun. Yes, most of the time panels are pretty good like that's normally when i went to pax that was my primary thing was okay i have a panel here that i want to go to have a panel here that i want to go to have a panel here that i want to go to and then i use those as tent poles and then i kind of just fill in the middle with other stuff later yeah so yes no i would love to have gone to the panel that they had at grand con which is the current state of the gaming industry talked to you by people who are in the industry who actually know what's going on yes or it's claimed to yes see one of the guys on the panel is um, a game designer who founded Wingnut Games, so he probably knows what's going on. One might think. Yes. See, uh, no, okay. when, I, when I think of that, I think of 
would, would I have dressed up for this? No. Would I have met people, hung out with people that I don't normally hang out with? Maybe. I don't know who anybody, like I don't know any of the, the, the board gamey people here in Kalamazoo. So I can't really hang out with people that I don't normally hang out with. Well, I, yeah. So it's hard to say. Yes. If I would have gone to this thing, I probably would have gone browse to the library and just seen if people wanted to play games or just, you know, people looking for a group. You're like, oh yes, that would be interesting to play. Mm, I, I got nothing. Yeah, no, I got it. <laughs> I knew what was more going on there, but they have board games, so maybe played some board games, looked at the vendors, seeing if anybody's got any good games that are cheap. That's what probably Brendan would do if he went to this convention, he'd probably come back with about four different board games. Yep. Yeah. Barter. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, explore. Meet new people, meet new uh, games. God, she's got another... Why are people at work on a Saturday? Why are people at work on a Saturday? Uh, because you work at a radio station and shit needs to get done. <sighs> Yes, yes, it does. So, yeah. Yay. All right, well, I got another problem to fix. Okay. So I'm going to have to call it. Sounds good. All right. I think we're at the end anyway. Yep, that's a wrap. This has been another episode of the Random Access Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, corrections, suggestions, remarks, reviews, rebukes, retorts, or just rants, feel free to contact us. You can find us on Twitter at RAPodcast or send us an email at mail at rapodcast.net. Thank you for listening.